The Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM Stereo. Madrasa on A. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and welcome to your program Madrasa on E, Developing Islam in Me. I'm your host Yasmina Peterson, also joined in studio by none other than Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams. I trust that you have had a great weekend further as well as now looking forward to the week ahead. Monday being the 24th of April coinciding with the 26th of Rajab. And also just a reminder that Laylatul Mi'raj takes place this evening and our programming will be coming to you live from the Sikhman Road Masjid in Claymont starting from after Ishai running up until 9pm so that is this evening inshallah at the Stehman Road Masjid after Ishai running up until 9pm if you're still not clear on further details then you can give us a call on 021-442-3500 that is the receptionist Najma and Zairunisa but for now I greet the guest in studio and that's none other than Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams Sheikh Assalamu Alaikum Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. How's yourself and Yasmina? Alhamdulillah and yourself, Sheikh. Alhamdulillah, all thanks and praise due to Allah. Alhamdulillah. You know, we are heading right into our first segment, being Knowing My Lord. We are still on the subtopic and the subheading of Nabi Musa alayhi salam. And yes, Sheikh will be continuing as to where Sheikh stopped last week and Thursday. Sheikh Tafatul. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Alhamdulillahi wa ahda wa salatu wa salamu ala malla nabiya ba'd. رب شرح لي صدري ويسد لي أمري وحل الأبدة من لساني يفقه قولي اللهم علمنا بما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا ورزقنا علما يا ذا الجلال والإكرام السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته to all our listeners out there Alhamdulillah thanks and praises due to Allah to always and forever and love and salam on our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, his family, his friends, and all those who follow his path. May Allah grant us all to be part of his lifestyle, part of him. Allahumma ameen, ya rabbal alameen. Um, before we actually go into the uh, segment, I, I would like to ask us all to just make dua collectively. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Wal Aqibatu Lil Muttaqeen. Wal Jannatu Lil Muwahideen. Wal Aqudwana Illa Ala Zalimeen. Wal Salatu Wal Salamu Ala Ashrafil Anbiya'i Wal Mursaleen. Sayyidina Wa Mawlana Muhammadin Wa Ala Alihi Wa Ashabihi Ajma'in. Rabbana Zalamna Anfusana Fa'illam Taghfillana Wa Tarhamna. Lanakunanna Minal Khasirin. Allahumma جعلنا من الذين يستمعون القول فيتبعون أحسنه اللهم أرنا الحق حقا وارزقنا اتباعه وأرنا الباطل باطلا وارزقنا اجتنابه ولا تجعله ملتبسا علينا فنضل يا رب العالمين ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا أذاب النار وادخلنا الجنة مع الأبرار يا عزيز يا غفار يا رب العالمين اللهم اجعل مجتمعنا هذا مجتمعا مرحوما وتفركنا من بعده تفركا معصوما ولا تجعل فينا ولا منا ولا معنا شقيا ولا محروما برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم جعل اللهم بارك لنا في رجب وشعبان وبلغنا رمضان برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي 
يا ايها الذين امنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد وعلى اله واصحابه وبارك وسلم سبحان ربك رب العزه عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين شكرا for that um, in the first segment um, knowing my lord alhamdulillah uh, we are still busy on the issue of nabi musa and banu israel we were dealing through surah baqarah the beginning verses of our allah Tala shows us how allah Tala deals with the issues or reminds the people of banu israel of what allah gave to them as great favors and what their responses has been wanting us to reflect on the favors allah sends to us and that we need to be able to realize how fortunate we are and uh, if our responses is exactly like banu israel we can only but expect to be able to get the reward of them if our responses are more positive and uh, of those the good of banu israel then allah will grant us equally to that of those people who were positive and we're doing it appropriately but allow to only do this because as we've said not to be able to tell us about the other people so that we may be think bad of them but so that we may be able to realize where we are what we are doing and how fortunate we are in the processes may allah grant us insight and grant us the ability to be able to recognize the last part that we dealt with uh, or the last week we dealt with certain things and we were lost on a uh, uh, from the ayah in Surah Baqarah, ayah number 55, where Allah says, وَإِذْ قُلْتُمْ يَا مُوسَى لَنُؤْمِنَ لَكَ حَتَّى نَرَى اللَّهَ جَهْرَةً فَأَخَذَتْكُمُ الصَّائِقَةُ وَأَنْتُمْ تَنْذِرُونَ Where they said to Nabi Musa, and Allah says, and remember, when you said to Musa, we shall never believe in you, or believe in Allah Ta'ala, and believe in, the, in this message of Islam. Uh, not until we see Allah openly and plainly. But we were seized, but you, Allah says, but you were seized with a thunderbolt or a strike of lightning uh, where we allowed you to die and in the process of dying we allow you to note and see how each and every one of you die one before the other. And then after that, ثُمَّ بَعَثْنَاكُمْ مِنْ بَعْدِ مَوْتِكُمْ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَشْكُرُونَ Allah says that then after we allowed you to die in the process of the fact of your responses towards Musa at the time when you were with him and when you were speaking in front of Allah Ta'ala to, he was speaking to Allah then Allah says we raised you up after the death we brought you to life again but the simple reason was لَعَلَّكُمْ تَشْكُرُونَ so that you might become grateful, thankful, that you come to realize how fortunate you are, that you died, you saw the death process of everybody, and here Allah brings you back to life again. Then in the next verse, Allah said to us, Of the other favors that I've given to you was the favor at the time when you were traveling through the desert 
from coming on the other side of the, of the Red Sea. You were in a desert, a desert area, and in that desert area, it was extremely hot for you, and it and there was no no it was no norms. It's not your normal life. You are running away in process from, from the difficulties, but you're running over desert. So we forwarded unto you. Um, Allah says, We've sent clouds to be able to be a shade for you during the day. Now, the scholar says, During the day, those clouds were shade clouds. And at night, because if the clouds had to be removed, and then it's going to be open skies, and it's only the darkness of the night. And Allah created that that cloud almost became a light, and then as if gave light to them. In the darkness of the desert, they could move, and they and they could feel confident and and and, and not have any fears for anything. They could do whatever they wanted to do. And Allah then said to them. We also sent unto you manna and salwa. And we said to the people, or we said to, uh, reminded ourselves that the word manna was that almost like a gum which Allah gave to them. At a period, at time, it, it quenches their thirst and it makes them feel the, 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 the energy to be able to do their things. That's the manna. And the salwa was something like a roasted chicken. Or they call it quail, or they call it uh, uh, like a roasted uh, um, bird. But it's roasted already, and it's a direct from Jannah that Allah sends it. Allah allows it to come down to the earth, where it's for them only. Allahu Akbar. These are the famous grants to the people that. So, uh, and, Allah, it, and Allah said to them, min ma razaknakum. Eat of the very pure that we've given you. Meaning, we give you the pure, eat of that. We give it to you, send it to you. We haven't harmed, they haven't harmed us, Allah Ta'ala says, meaning the, 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 the um, Jewish nation did not harm us when we send them those. Instead, they've harmed themselves. That is to the extent that, that we've seen Allah Ta'ala mentions to us in the, the, the Qissa. We go to the other ayah that comes thereafter. And Allah tell us says then to, to the to us sorry, Allah tell us to us the fact that with kulna duhuluhadi il Korea Fakulu minha Haithu Shiatum Ragada Wadhulul Baba Sujeda Wakulu Hitta Nahfilakum Hata Yakum Wasanazidul Musilin. Then Allah allowed them after they have travelled through the desert and the difficult things happened to them, Allah allowed them to get to the city where Allah tells us and Allah says you enter into this valley, into the city here. When you enter the city, you enter it and you enjoy whatever there is in it. Whatever there is. And, and, and you enjoy and you see that you, you take anything and everything that there is for your enjoyment to, in, to consume, you consume, there's no problem with that. And then Allah says this, but when you enter the door, when you enter the gates, when you get to the gate there and you enter the gate, go in at that moment when you enter the gate, enter, go into sujood, do a prostration, right? 
And at that moment you say, Oh my Lord, forgive us for all our errors and our faults. We will forgive you, says Allah. خطاياتكم all your sins وسنزيد المحسنون مين and we will give righteousness for the we, and we and we will give increase in excess to those people who was the righteous people يا رب this is what Allah Taala says in the verse so Allah Taala invites him into the verse having to say they able to go into the the, the city but the conditions Allah Taala puts down for them shukran so much for that we are still in our first segment being knowing my lord and that is the subheading or subtopic i would say of nabi musa alayhi salam and your shaykh will be continuing inshallah shaykh tafaddal shukran jazakallah khair for the one yasmina just before the break, we were busy in one of the ayat of Allah Taala, when Allah Taala says, "With when Allah says to the to the to the Jewish nation, "You may enter into the the, the the city," and Allah says to them, "And but when you enter, you enjoy yourself, but when you get to the gate at the entrance, you go into a state of sujood." And 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 what which they did. وَقُولُوا And Allah told them what to say. And Allah said to them, وَقُولُوا حِطَّةٌ نَغْفِرْ لَكُمْ Say, O oh our Lord, forgive us. حِطَّةٌ Meaning, at, we admit, we blame ourselves for all our faults and our errors. Allah says, we forgive you. خَطَايَاكُمْ وَسَنَزِيدُ الْمُخْسِدِينَ And we will give access to the righteous people amongst you. Allah then says to us in the verse thereafter, فَبَدَّلَ الَّذِينَ ظَلَمُوا قَوْلًا غَيْرَ الَّذِي قِيلَ لَهُمْ فَأَنزَلْنَا عَلَى الَّذِينَ ظَلَمُوا رِجْزًا مِنَ السَّمَاءِ بِمَا كَانُوا يَفْسُقُونَ Allah Ta'ala says, in this verse Allah Ta'ala said, Then they change. They change the word from which they had to say حِطَّة, they change it to the word حِنْطَة, which has a complete different meaning. They said, they changed the words from that which, which Allah had told them. Uh, so we sent upon the wrongdoers, Allah says, Rijzan. The word Rijz means a punishment from the, from the heaven because of their rebellion against Allah's obedience. Subhanakla. It shows us very clearly that Allah Ta'ala in the ayah. When Allah gives us advice, and we as human beings are prepared to do the thing our way, not taking advice from the Creator of all of us, the one, the sustainer, the nurturer, the the the, the razik, the one who gives us the rizik, the one who looks after us, the one who gives us our strength and our ability and our health, and we are still wanting to do our way, and we want to use the powers of that Lord. But we do not realize how much we disobey or go against him or cannot show him appreciation for his great favors in subhanak Allah probably can send adab to anybody and to everybody and the adab of Allah can be anything here in this verse Allah says then Allah says We've sent them rizam mina sama. We've sent them rizam from the sama. Bima kanu yafsukun. It could be anything. It could be thunder. It could be lightning. It could be severe rain. It could be storms. It could be a hurricane. You just name it anything. But Allah says, Allah sent from the sama of Allah to have sent severe punishment to them. Allahu Akbar. Wallahi alhamd. So. 
showing to us that Allah Ta'ala is in charge of everything when it happens and Allah allows things to happen. But similarly, if you and I are doing whatever Allah does, whatever uh, we, not, we don't want to do in obedience to Allah, and we do it our way, Allah Ta'ala is going to keep, Allah is going to send us severe punishment. Now, I, I've just mentioned all the forms of, of some, anything from the summer, but part of the adab from the summer is that rain does not fall. Rain does not fall, and we've seen, we've enjoying in Cape Town hot, hot weather, weather in the middle of the day. It still is cold at night, it's cold in the evenings, but there's no rain coming. I know it's not winter yet, it's autumn, but the, the rain is very late, and no rain thus far, and our dams is empty. So if there's baraka coming from the summer, if there's baraka coming from the summer, there would be rain falling from the summer. And rain that's beneficent to us. And rain that's going to benefit us. But if it's not if it's not barakah from the summer, it can be rigism in a summer. And that rigism which Allah is speaking about the fact that summer is not pouring rain at, at barakah. Yes, alhamdulillah, we are all Muslim. Yes, alhamdulillah, we all make ibadah. We all make dhikrullah, we all make dua, we all go to the rain salah, salah for rain, we all beg and plead to Allah. But the, we must look at what are the things that we are doing. How are we living? living? Why is it that in Cape Town, that the people in Cape Town or the Western Cape, which has been always enjoying uh, rain and water in abundance, is now being challenged to this extent, is the type of life that we live. It is to do with the things that we are taking for granted and not being ready to be able. And this is what Allah says. It is Banu Israel Allah is speaking about. Allah says, and we said to them to say certain things and to do certain things and to live in accordance with certain rules and regulations. We need to ask ourselves the question, are we? And I'm speaking to all of us. Are we as the Muslims all doing what we're supposed to do? For the rule is if we are doing it. Allah by necessity will send us rain. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. But it says much. And Allah tells us, فَبَدَّلَ الَّذِينَ ظَلَمُوا When they exchange the, the wrongful, the people of harm and wrong, the words that Allah has told them, when they exchange that. Similarly, if we exchange the command of Allah and do it, do it our way, غَيْرَ الَّذِي قِيلَ لَهُمْ Different to what Allah has commanded us. فَأَنزَلْنَا عَلَى الَّذِينَ ظَلَمُوا رِجِسٌ Then we will send unto them a رِجِس Subhanak Wanting us to understand that that رِجِس is what has happened to the people of Banu Israel when they entered the city but similarly it can happen to me and you for the many favors that Allah grants us and still besides the favors we do things opposite to that بِمَا كَانُوا يَفْسُقُونَ But the fact that people were arrogant and adamant and wanted to, they had fisk in their life, disobedient in their processes, may Allah protect all of us. May Allah grant us khair and barakah and grant us to be of those people who recognize that we're supposed to be Muslim, showing appreciation, recognizing that we've been favored abundantly. Now the favors that Allah is speaking about is not the favor of sight. It's not the favor of hearing. It's not the favor of using your mind. It's not the favor of your health and your prosperity. 
for everybody else, Muslim and other, enjoy that favors. But then Allah has given you and me a, a superior favor to be Muslim. Now that is not everything. To be a person whom Allah allows to uh, gonna enter Jannah straight away. To be a person whom Allah is going to pardon if they can come to their senses and want to seek for pardon and forgiveness. If they are not going to be arrogant and adamant and if they don't prefer to want to be people who do not seek knowledge, who want to be monkey see, monkey do. They don't want to go to a class. They don't want to sit at the feet of people. They don't want to develop through what Allah has guided them. Remember, it was the height of impossibility that any of the Sahaba could ever be Muslim. They could never ever be Muslim. They had to follow the process of a leader such as Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and that made and granted them the status of to become the Sahaba radiyallahu anhum. That great status which Allah honored and revered them, and Allah Taala took His honor and reverence and placed it on them in totality. He said to them, "Radiyallahu anhum wa radu'an." I am totally satisfied with them, and they are totally satisfied with me as their Lord. Allah Taala gave them that status. But it couldn't have happened unless they were prepared to submit to the teacher Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, to the guide, to the role model, to the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. You and I think we can do it without a teacher? You think you can do it without having to break your back? Without having to waste your time at a teacher sitting there? I'm sorry that I've said the word waste our time. I mean, you think you can do it as a Muslim, not wanting to seek knowledge? You think you know everything? You know that you know very, very little. You know already, you know that you and I, we know very little. So why don't we want to seek? Why don't we become like the Sahaba who recognize they did not know it and know that we will not know unless and until we go and seek? Or were you born ulama? Or were we born ulama? None of us. None of us. We need to go and seek. And only if we be paid to go and seek, Allah will open up. And thus the Nabi sallallahu alayhi says, to this person who was an old man, very old, and he came to the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, asked the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa certain questions. The Nabi said to him, your stiff footsteps that you walked, every moment you lift your foot, you put your foot down on the wings of Malaika that was putting their wings down for you to walk on because of the status of you coming to seek knowledge. Even the fishes in the sea, they were asking Allah to pardon you, to forgive you, and they asked Allah, every, even the air that you breathed, all the fishes in the sea, the birds and all the flying things of Allah that Allah has created, all of them beg for Allah to forgiveness upon you and Allah to may set you free and grant you to make you a person of Jannah. Ya Rab. So you and me, if we are not going to seek, if we are not going to be able to want to apply that what Allah Ta'ala sends us, how are we going to be obedient to Allah? May Allah open the path. Remember, we are not here wanting to be able to criticize or blame or judge. We're not doing that. We need to be able to understand. Allah shows us in the Quran, when I show you a favor, I have only the best for you. I wish only the best for you. It's your submission to submit to the fact favor and enhance it and live in accordance with my guidance. May Allah grant us to be of guidance, inshallah. And so Allah carries over to the next verse. 
And Allah Ta'ala says, وَإِذِ اسْتَسْقَى مُوسَى لِكَوْمِهِ فَقُلْ نَضْرِبْ بِعَصَاكَ الْحَجَرِ فَانْفَجَرَتْ مِنْهُ أَثْنَتْ فَانْفَجَرَتْ مِنْهُ أَثْنَتَ عَشْرَةَ عَيْنَا قَدْ عَلِمَ كُلُّ أُنَاسٍ مَشْرَبَهُمْ كُلُوا وَاشْرَبُوا مِنْ رِزْقِ اللَّهِ وَلَا تَعْثَوْ فِي الْأَرْضِ مُفْسِدِينَ Allah Ta'ala says to us in that verse, Allah Ta'ala says, and remember, we gave unto Musa, and remember when, when Musa asked for water for his people, we said, strike the stone, for take your stick and strike with your stick a stone. Then will gush from uh, there from twelve different springs, and each group of people will know its own place of water to drink from. Which if they were twelve different tribes from Banu Israel, there were twelve different tribes, and Allah says, "Strike on the stone, and they will twelve, twelve eyes will come or, or springs will come forth." But every group of people. Every one of them will go to the to the spring that belongs to them as as their tribe. These are the favors that Allah has bestowed upon them. And and Allah says they will therefrom will come twelve different springs. Each group of people will know its own place of water to drink. And then Allah says, Kulu washrabu, eat and drink. Of what that which Allah has provided for you, and do not act corruptly, do not go opposing to Allah, making mischief on the earth. Do not make fasad. Do not be of those people who add to fasad and add act act corruptfully and harmfully and destructive. May Allah to protect. And so Allah has shown us in that verse. Remember, you people ask, you ask Musa for. For, 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 for water and Musa asked us and we then said to him, O Musa hit the stone and Allah allowed Nabi Musa to hit the stone and, sp- and forth it sprang 12 different springs out of one stone a massive stone and each and every tribe went to stand at the spring and drinking, drinking water for them and enjoying themselves of that water Allahu Akbar Allah says every one of them knew their own place where they had to drink. So eat and drink. When you eat and drink, Allah says to the to the Banu Israel. So when you eat and drink, eat of the favors of Allah. Do not be unjust. Do not make people of corruption. Do not make things uncomfortable. Do not make do not make facade in this world. This is what Allah Ta'ala said to them. Similarly, it happens when you and I, when we eat and drink, and Allah says to us, eat and drink of what is best, and do not make facade. So when you eat and drink, what happens then? And especially if you eat good things, what happens to the body? We become healthy. We become strong. And with whose power is this happening? With the powers of Allah. But isn't that the moment when you are healthy, when you're strong, when you can, and when you have, then people sin? Then people become haughty. Then people start making facade. And that's what Allah is referring to. When Allah says to them, "Kulu washrabu min rizqillah," eat and drink of the rizq of Allah. Wala ta'athu fil ardi musidin, and do not become people of facade. Allah wants to say to them, now that you become healthy, that you become strong, now that you've been eating and drinking of what is good, 
Now you're supposed to be obedient. Instead, people then became disobedient to Allah. May Allah not grant us to be of those people, inshallah. Shukran so much for that, Sheikh. There, the end of our first segment being Knowing My Lord. Now we are into our second part of the program. I'm a Muslim, what's expected of me. That is our topic that we are going to be discussing. And then also, Sheikh, there was a few messages and questions coming through on Thursday in which we did not complete. And we did say that we are going to be notifying it as well as announcing it on uh, today and covering it today. So, Sheikh, I'm going to be heading straight into the first question that came through on Thursday in which we did not cover. And it says, Salam, Sheikh, if an employer does not allow beard due to safety reasons, must I resign? As per the question, if my employer does not allow me to be able to work with him, uh, um, uh, and he says uh, uh, um, it's for safety reasons that I must, then then we need to und- we need to look into the question, right? Because we we need to understand that there might be certain jobs that you do where if your beard is going into the job, you could be putting yourself into a machine without realizing and then the, the machine cuts you up into pieces. And so they don't want that to happen on their belt. They, they, uh, so they say to you, please see that you cut your beard. By cut the beard, they don't necessarily mean take off all your beard. If they say to you, you must be sh- clean shaven, then go forth and discuss it with them and tell them under the circumstances where the situation is you cannot then you can do one or two things you can either put your beard into a net and cover it so that it cannot be a, a disturbance for your work and you turn turn into your baby uh, like uh, in your shirt in, fr- uh, in the front of the shirt uh, in, inside the shirt and you close uh, your, your your shirt covering your beard inside and or you could be having your beard slightly shortened for that purpose because of the the, the work scenario that you find yourself in those are the type of things that you can do other than that you go to them and go and detail the discussion for your purpose as wanting to be a Muslim as wanting to fulfill Islamic rights to the best of your ability do not draw conclusion the information is this the law the law is this the judgment is that so you still go forward and you still go and request and find out precisely what is it that they mean and you don't con- take just information that they give and you must just follow that you also see how but having to say must I resign no that is not what Islam says Islam doesn't say to you must resign Islam says use your common common sense go and speak and like we've said last week there's many schools and many uh, organizations says you mustn't have beard but when you go to them and you actually lay down your processes they might just open up the door so see what happens and yes um, when they say to you, you can't go to Jumu'ah, no, you don't say, no, we can't go to Jumu'ah because they say, no, no, no. Then you say, you go to them and you talk to them, you say to them, we are Muslims and as Muslims, we must go to Jumu'ah, we don't have an option. But don't say you go to Jumu'ah and you waste your time going anywhere else or everything else, or saying, I must have a beard and then you do the wrong things. May Allah protect. May Allah grant us to understand Islam is not wanting us to have a beard and the beard is more important than anything and everything else. Oh no. Then you can rather than not be Muslim if that is the case. Because you prefer to want to have a beard but you want to do all wrong things and you open up the door to sin and wrong or negative. 
similarly, uh, I, I'm not saying that you are doing this. I'm saying that there is that, that type of people who wants to have a beard, but then doesn't care what is the extent of their character. A Muslim is somebody who never lies. A Muslim is somebody who never steals. He never takes the, the, the haq of his, his employer. He doesn't do harm to others. That's a Muslim. So if you are a Muslim, don't make the beard the biggest thing. No, must I, must I, must I resign if I beard? No. Become Muslim. And show Muslim in your character that the person may be able to feel, the employer may be able to feel that we feel indebted to you as such a good person, such good character, such good Islam we see in this person. And so how can we stop him not to have a beard? Speak to them, tell them, and present yourself in the best, best possible manner of what Islam wants for us, inshallah. Sheikh Shukran so much. We are in the segment, I am a Muslim, what is expected of me? And then you can also send through your other questions through to the WhatsApp number as well as the SMS number. Then the questions in which we are dealing with today was the questions which we have not dealt with last week and Thursday. Now, Sheikh, there is another question that came through. Must my beard be a first length? Your beard must be a first link. That is what the sides of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi recommended us for us. It must be the, the bottom of the beard must be the length of the first for the shortest, rec- strong, s- shortest recommended beard that there is. But if you do not have a beard that, is, that, that grows that long because of its nature, it naturally doesn't. Khairan fabiha wa na'man, it does not make that a major issue. Um, and if a person, if, if your beard is uh, the, the, the type of beard that curls in to the extent where it is not that long, uh, uh, then you allow whatever is beard to be there uh, or a, a, a curly hair against the beard. As long as you, you, you just, sh- you don't shave it, but you trim it to be decent and look decent and be using it for, for good purposes. For certain people has got long beards and certain other people don't have long beards. It's fine. That's, 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 that's the nature Allah has made things. Shukran so much for that, Sheikh. And then there's another question that came through. Assalamu alaikum, Sheikh. Is the growing of male's beard a sunnah or fart? Uh, is it a sunnah or a fart? Allow me just to say to our people. <laughs> when we say something, is it sunnah or fart? Do we really mean, is it the command of Allah and His Messenger? Or is it... Just a sunnah, just uh, by the way, if you do it, it's ben- uh, uh, it benefits you, and if you don't do it, it's a, a beard is not if you do it, because the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa has made sure that no male of this ummah is supposed to be without a beard. And shaving the beard is haram. If shaving the beard is haram, then is how can it be a sunnah then? If shaving the beard is haram, it's not makru, it's not a maybe. The only time which you can shave the beard that Islam allow if you've been hurt. And for that matter, there's medication or things that must go through and the beard is going to harm that. Then on the face you must be able to, 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 or an operation must be done or something of that nature. Then the beard must be shaved. Then that is permissible for the shaving. But other than that, shaving is haram. Shaving Allah, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says shaving the beard completely off is totally haram because the person allows himself to be able to interact. Now, I need to be able to share, share with you people the, under, the seriousness of understanding this. 
The process of shaving the beard has never ever happened since the time of Nabi Adam through the ages until the time of Nabi Ibrahim. Now, one of the people that Allah has granted to be a Nabi in the time of Nabi Ibrahim is a person by the name of Nabi Lut. His people were the first people to be able to start shaving their beards. We are by our second part of the program being I am a Muslim, what is expected of me? And here we are going to be continuing as to the questions in which we did not uh, see to last week and Thursday. Now, Sheikh, here's another question that came through. And then also Sheikh wants to allow as well to communicate and further on to speak about where she has been ending off on our previous question that was with regards to males growing a beard fart or sunnah Sheikh Bismillah. The, 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 the section that we had just before the break we were, we were trying to answer a question and unfortunately the break came at that moment where the person wanted to know is it fart or sunnah to be able to, 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 to shave the beard um, the importance is our deen has been guided to us by Allah and his messenger Allah and his messenger and they give us everything Allah send the messengers so that you and I can be Muslim you are not capable to be a Muslim and I we can never be Muslim and dreaming that we could have taken the Quran and we could have read the Quran and we could no 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 the Quran is of depth has got deep meanings and you need a teacher to teach you and me and thus Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam is a necessity of this deen it's a part of this deen and he is the lawmaker bringing the Lord from Allah and telling us what the law is and showing us how the law must be done otherwise you and I would have made a proper mockery of what we would have called Islam and we would have been like other people who wanted to interpret it but this means this and this means that and that interpretation has been given to us by Allah and his messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam to allow us to understand what happens so the issue about beard and shaving of the beard the first people to shave their beards is the people of Nabilut and that opened the door to homosexuality and opened the door to the fact that men were looking like women and women were looking like men and men was acting with women and women was acting with men men with men and women with women interacting with one another it's because of this seriousness Allah has made it totally haram may Allah protect that a person must not be able to use the beard it is not a sunnah it is a necessity it's wajib it's fart on the ummah many of these scholars says it's not something which Allah has given and our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam has seen the Yahud who had mustache at times and not mustache and he termed it different to this he had hairstyles in a certain way when he saw the Yahud doing the same he changed this but he never ever changed his beard. He never shaved his beard. Never ever. He never said, they have long beards, so I'm going to have no beard. No, 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 no. Beards is a necessity that belongs to a man. That Allah has given to you and it belongs to the nature that Allah has created every man with. So men prefer. And yes, I know you and I were exposed to a dunya when we wake up in this world for the first time. Then the world was covered with so many men that had the that had the uh, Muslim men that had uh, what's his name shaved themselves. 
that they don't did that they didn't know better may allah's mercy descend upon them we ask allah to pardon them to forgive them or allah shower the kubur with noor and barakah and know allah to let you know the circumstances they were in had they known better would that have been they wouldn't have done that subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah may allah pardon all of us inshallah Shukran so much for that, Sheikh. And then we're going on to our next question. It says here, Wassalam, please explain what is a sunnah beard, if Sheikh don't mind. And also, is it allowed for that matter, then that someone without a beard can lead salah in congregation? As, as to the question for a sunnah beard, a sunnah beard is that length of beard. If it is shorter, if it's, lo- if it's longer than one first where you put your fist behind and at the bottom of your beard, if it's longer than that, you may probably cut it there. Or whatever is shorter than that, that you just trim it naturally, beautifully. That is a sunnah beard. Shukran so much for that, Sheikh. And then looking at some of the messages and questions coming through now from the WhatsApp. But before I go along, Sheikh, you want to mention something? Yeah, yeah, yeah I just want to answer. Now, may we allow somebody to lead the salah that doesn't have a beard? Um... Islam, if you do not mind, brothers and sisters, you living in sin, you living in sin, I'm living in sin, all of us living in sin. Let us not be of those who wants to be able to now use the program to want to tell others. That is not what we must do. We must interact. And if somebody does something wrong, we must guide them. My boy, it's not best and healthy then to read Quran. It's not healthy then and best to be in Salah with a constant process of shaving the beard. Let's be Muslim so that all of us, and we don't make an issue, and we say to the person it's best that all of us do the process of having a beard, at least having a decent beard. Alhamdulillah, may Allah open the path for all of us. Alhamdulillah. And then some of the questions that's coming through now, Sheikh, on our WhatsApp. It says, Assalamu alaikum. Could Sheikh kindly give the reference in Quran of shaving beard is haram bin fadlik? Alhamdulillah, I like that. Is there any proof in the Quran that shaving beard is haram? It's haram, it's haram. Please become Muslim. You and I become Muslim. Come out of the narrow perception that the Quran is the only thing. We say this over and over and over. It is not in the Quran that says something is haram. If something is haram, not only the Quran is the fact. Allah tells us, the Nabi said in his words, Al-halal ubayin wal-haram ubayin. The halal things is pure and clean and, and, and definitely we know the details thereof. And so the haram is all detailed. We know it for sure. And it's clear. A person such as Imam Abu Hanifa says the beard is haram. The shaving of the beard is haram. Imam Malik says the shaving of the beard is haram. Imam Abu Hanifa says the shaving of the beard is haram. And Imam Shafi says the shaving of the beard is haram. All of them say it's haram. So where do they get it from? Do they take it from the Quran or do they take it from the Hadith? Where in the Quran and the Hadith is it? Yes, be, let us not be of those says where in the Quran is that and the Quran can be the only. May Allah open our, our minds. That we realize, that we say, guide us to where Allah and His Rasul teaches me. For Allah knew if Allah had to send us messages, we would have been arrogant, ignorant, low people who didn't have to know how to interpret. 
and we would interpret things in our own way. So Allah send us a messenger. You cannot, we cannot. None of us can be Muslim, can dream of being a Muslim unless we understand this message of Allah need to come in the message with a messenger. And the messenger had a double role to play, giving the message of understand what it was, information, and added to that message is explaining and loving that message for us. Shukran so much for that, Sheikh. Because now we are still in our second part of the program, being I am a Muslim, what is expected of me. And here we will be recapping as to the last question before we went for an ad break. And it says here, Sheikh, um, Salam, Sheikh kindly send me evidence where it is stated that shaving the beard is haram in the Quran. Uh, um, I was responding on that question, having to say to the person, let us not understand like many people believe our deen is built on the Quran and the Quran can only tell us something. No. Muslims are people, Allah says into us, if you want to listen to the answer, Allah, Allah says to us in the answer for the beard and the growing of the beard is Allah's words in the Holy Quran when Allah says, Be obedient to Allah and be obedient to His Messenger. So Allah commands us. Allah doesn't give us an option. And then Allah says in another verse, Whosoever is obedient to the messenger, then that is in, in, in its true sense the obedience to Allah. So to be able to be disobedient to Allah would definitely be the disobedience to the messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So when we violate, if the messenger says us something and that is not important, so the importance for us as Muslims, the recognition, our deen is not built on a Quran and Quran statement only. Our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was saying to love this Quran, to be this Quran alive, to be this Quran in its humane form, that you and I can find no excuse to say that we must be only the Quran has been sent with its messenger who was a messenger of word and a messenger of action and his action makes you Muslim and me Muslim and you and I is highly impossible for us to be Muslim ever if we do not follow and strictly follow and do everything in total submission to that messenger for that makes me Muslim and makes you Muslim may Allah grant us to be Muslim and this understand it is Allah who says in the Quran, what Shaitan said to Allah, he said, I will command them, he says, I did will command them and order them so that they change the nature of what Allah has created them with. And the scholar says that clearly is to do with the fact that people shave their beards. People that shave their beards. Right? May Allah grant us khair and barakah and grant us recognition. The Quran have the answers. The Quran have all the answers. But let us realize the detail of for understanding for you and me what the there is no explicit word that Allah have explicit to serve you because you want that specific word. Hey, I want Allah to put in this word in the Quran for me because I want this answer. Allah is broader than you and me. This deen of Quran, is, uh, deen of Allah is broader than you and me. It's much deeper than the individual. 
That's why Allah will send us a Quran and a Nabi so that we can have no excuse. May Allah open the path and grant us insight and understanding. I've just said earlier on, Imam Abu Hanifa, Imam Malik, Imam Hamad uh, 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 ibn Hanbal, and Imam Shafi'i, and use these words last, and Imam Shafi'i, they all say in their books, the shaving of the beard is totally haram. Now why are they saying haram? Where do they get the word haram from? How can they make things haram? They don't have the right to make things haram. Al-halalu bayin, says the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Halal is pure. Everything halal is everything that comes directly to us in its pure form. Clear to us. And so is the haram bayin. It's very, very clear. Comes from Allah and His Rasul. May Allah grant us to be Muslimin. In its true sense and recognition, when we ask for advice or for guidance or for proof, that we realize the proof comes from Allah and His Messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa Shukran so much for that, Shaykh. And then there is also a few with regards to the same topic in which we are on. And it says here, As-salam, Shaykh. And what if your beard can... What if your beard can grow more than a first length, but then not cut it all off, but less than a first length? Will that individual still be committing a sin? We, we, we said that you actually shave, that you shave the beard is haram, but that you trim your beard would be good. But if you do so less than a sunnah tariqah, then that will be between you and be between you and Allah. Tell me, Allah open the path for, for, for all of us. But let us be of those who want to, if the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa guided us to think. Because what makes me a good follower of this Nabi? What makes me a good Muslim? What makes me a person who loves this Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa when he does something and I try to do it that way? But if Allah doesn't give me a long beard, and I have a curly beard that curls, it curls inside one another and, 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 and it never grows long. Then there's no, Allah's not going to punish me and s- for that. But it's not best to be able to shave the beard all off. That is purely haram. May Allah protect all of us, inshallah. Shukran so much for that, Sheikh. And then there's a final question that came through that says here, Salam Sheikh, is Sheikh focusing on the aspect of females here as well, inshallah? Okay, people, the, the, the question is now goes to females here. We haven't dealt with that in our topic. We were busy dealing with the beard as because the beard is fitra and it is a norm which Allah has created. It's a natural process that Allah has given to everybody. And we, if something is natural, we're supposed to protect the nature. The question goes slightly deeper than that. Yes, when females also abuse the fitra of Allah, then like for instance, if they cut the eyebrows then that is part of the work of shaitan and that is totally haram says the nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam if a woman puts on makeup just to make put makeup on her face and she goes out in the street then allah ta'ala curses her husband allah ta'ala in his position as allah and all the malaika curses her until she comes back and seeks forgiveness for allah ta'ala and if she does it without the permission of her father, uh, of her husband or her father or her brother or her son, then she will get the curses of Allah until she comes back. That is only the makeup in public. What if she, she cuts her uh, uh, eyebrows? And what if she, she, she cuts her, uh, or, or trims her, uh, the eyelashes? And what if she, she, she does things onto her face that 
then this, this is doing the violation of Allah Ta'ala. May Allah protect. Allah Ta'ala did not ask us to do these things. Allah created you and me. Wallahi, Allah created you in the way in the best form. What He's given you is that is best for you and that is best for me. Whether He's made me pitch black or pure white or made me lilac or aubergine or cerise or you name the color, then Allah has chosen me to have that color. Be proud of what I have. I don't know, want to, one thing to be able to see, no, I want to change my color, I want to have a different color, and I want to have a different shape, a different chin, I want to have a cliff, or I don't want to have a cliff. Subhanakallah, hawla wa la illa billah. Allah created me the way He created me. That's what Shaitan says. I will command them, Shaitan. I will make them to change the nature of what Allah has created them. If they've created in the format, Shaitan said to Allah, I will do that. So you choose. You want to do that? Now that is absolutely against the fitrah of what Allah has granted you, and that is absolutely haram. Haram in this worst sense. It's it's like drinking wine and like eating khanzir. That is how haram it is. No less a haram than that. May Allah grant us the understanding. We have a deen that only comes from Allah and His Messenger Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and from absolutely nobody else. No person can say to us, "Yes, but an end." It comes from Allah and His Messenger, and those are the only two things that we take to, and they guide us to what is best. May Allah grant us openness and vastness, inshallah. I mean, and then also, Sheikh, the last question here with regards to the beard. It says, Assalam, oh, my beard looks very untidy if I grow it long. So I trim it and uh, keep it short. Is that allowed? If your beard looks untidy when it's long, then trim it decent so that it look decent and try to keep it within the sunnah tariqah of the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam if you truly love him and you feel you want to be Muslim in submission to what Allah and his Rasul wants for us inshallah inshallah shukran so much with the clock now at 17 minutes past the hour of three just a little once more that Sheikh wants to mention before we head into our second our last segment there was another question I think that you mentioned about the Qaris Yes, there was a statement that uh, the person made, Sheikh, and it says then, so all Qadis of Egypt are living in sin. People, we didn't say that anybody's living in sin. So when we say to you what is halal, that is halal. What is haram, that is haram. If people are found to be in circumstances different to yours and mine, they do what they see under the circumstances. You and I don't always understand why people are doing things. Most of the Qurra of, God, of, of Egypt, if they get an opportunity to, to go out of their own country, they grow beards. But in the country, the law of the country says they may not wear a beard, and if they wear a beard, they'll be taken to, to, to jail. So. What would you and I do had you and I found ourselves in circumstances like that? Let us not be those people who want to say, yes, then this and yes, and, and we draw conclusions because if you are here to want to learn, be open the, open the ears and open the mind so that we may learn, so that we may take in the lesson and we understand Islam is for me and I am Islam. Islam is in my character and I'm living Islam. Islam is in my life. Not in looking at anybody else, not in having to blame, not in having to accuse, not in having to be able to judge other people. Those people, if they get the opportunity, they would want to love it to the best of their abilities. The question that we've asked, 
if for that matter it is tomorrow your death your death is tomorrow would you want to see that you violated the sunnah of the nabi muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam when he's given you a command would you want to live and do the opposite of what he taught you whilst he, allah has sent him to teach you and me would you want to meet up with Allah Yawm Al-Qiyamah and having to meet when the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam did not ever look at any person who has his beard shaved? Would you want to die tomorrow and when then when you get up to Allah till Yawm Al-Qiyamah and want to rush up to the Nabi where he sees you and you've made your salah, you've made your wudu, you've made all the ibadah that you come, but he sees you with a shaved face. You think he'd look into your face? He did not even look into the face of a Yahud that wasn't shaved. May Allah grant us Muslimin. May Allah grant us to come to recognize we're not here to fight. We're not here to blame. Those people do what's best for them under the circumstances. If you don't have the tests, don't let us judge other people for what they are doing. Let us look at ourselves. We learn this deen so that I can be Muslim, so that you can be Muslim. We learn this deen so that I and you can come back to Islam and live this Islam for the sake of Allah, not to use it as a judgment to judge on other people. Yes, but then this and yes, but then that. Allah grant us to be Muslim in our processes, inshallah. I mean, shukran so much to everyone that participated in this program and also sending through the questions. And we are now heading into our final segment. Do know that we do kick off a little bit earlier because of our asset package that is going to be playing off at 15.47. We are now in our segment, Leadership in Islam and its Progression. And here she will be continuing as to where she stopped last week, inshallah. Sheikh Tafatul. Shukran for that one, Alhamdulillah. Um, in this segment... Um, leadership in Islam and its progression. We are busy on the topic called tarbiya. We tarbiya is all about having to nurture a person, to develop him, to purify and rectify him, uh, bit by bit, until he reaches perfection or completion. May Allah grant us to be able to realize. Now, this is how the scholars are seeing the word of tarbiya. What tarbiya is all about. But this is a fact that Allah wanted us to be able to have the process of tarbiyah in our lives. But again, Allah don't use the term tarbiyah as we say tarbiyah, specifically the word tarbiyah. Yet it is tarbiyah when Allah says to us in the Holy Quran, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu, O you people who believe, ku anfusakum wa ahlikum nara, see that you prevent yourselves and your offspring from the fire of Jahannam. Allah says that. And on that basis, the scholars are saying that this subject of tarbiyah is then fart. It's a necessity. It's a major fart. It's something that we don't have an option. We don't have a democratic right. It is a command of Allah that we need to do that, right? And the scholars goes as far to, to say to us, it is the, the various subject matter that there is commonly known to us that's slowly coming into South Africa or Cape Town that's becoming is the subject of tarbiyah and tazkiyah. The tazkiyah is where you actually nurture and the nurturing is the nurturing of the soul, of the, the spiritual aspect, the heart and the soul you nurture there. And that is important in there. But because tarbiyah is building the... Uh, Tazkiyah is a portion of tarbiyah, it is a, a smaller portion which is less, 
but it's also something important in the life of a Muslim. And as a Muslim, we must be able to see that we develop tarbiyah and tazkiyah, and both of them is a necessity, is an absolute necessity. And tarbiyah is a greater necessity than tazkiyah, as tazkiyah is a subsection of tarbiyah. And tarbiyah is a fart, it must be seen too. What is it speaking about? It's speaking about our character. It's speaking about our mannerism. It's speaking about the rearing aspect, the developmental aspect. It's speaking about the growth and the, 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 compa- the compassion, the love and the care that we need to develop and what makes a person positive in his development and what makes him the opposite of that. May Allah grant us the khair and barakah, inshallah. And so, the scholar says to us, remember if it is a fart, you will be rewarded for the good thereof if you do it. And if you don't do it, if you stay away from it, and if you don't carry it out, you will be kept responsible by Allah for that. Ya Rab. When we speak about something fart, fart upon who? Who is responsible to see that the thing must be dealt with? There, in the case, the scholar says, tarbiyah is something that must be carried out by the, per, per, the parents first and foremost. But it's not the job of the parents only. It's the job of the parents. It's the job of the community. It's the job of the masjid. And it's the job of the madrasa. So the madrasa must be able to teach tarbiyah. So the masjid must be able to see that tarbiyah becomes a norm. And it is the necessity of the whole community to look after the tarbiyah of society. But the most important person that tarbiyah is Allah going to be kept for as a responsible is the parent, the mom and the dad. Ya Rabbi la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. So we see that the necessity, the fact that it's far it's a fart that every Muslim must consider every other Muslim children, not his own, to be his responsibility because he, as the, that parent of some other f- children, is part of the environment where if we leave the environment to, to, to get contaminated, it will contaminate our own family and it will corrupt them, it will destroy them. So tarbiya is a necessity that we need to take control of Allah is going to keep us all responsible for as we said it's a fart because if it's not a fart it's a sunnah then don't worry you can do what you want to that is not what it is it's a necessity it's a fart you don't have an option it's a fart that you actually guide your own but that you assist and develop help to develop the environment is also a fart so you cannot see some somebody else do something wrong and leave it as it is Remember the hadith of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam which he says, Man ra'a minkum munkaran fal By necessity, you're compelled, you are forced, you are ordered, you've given no democratic possibilities or maybe. No, you are forced. You are truly forced by Allah. You must bring change. You don't have an option. If you see error, if you see fault, if you see mistakes, if you see the contamination of society, if you see the fault of what society leaves behind in our youth, we don't have an option. We by necessity must stand up against it. You are commanded. You must bring change. We don't have an option.
Na'udhu Billah. May Allah grant us the realization and bring us back to Islam. Bring us back to the moments before that moments come when Dajjal wants to corrupt our children. Bring Islam back to them and offer them Islam in us so that we can assist them at the time when Dajjal wants to destroy them. They are not falling for Dajjal, but that they will take the path of the Mahdi and that they will be able to show support to Nabi Isa at the last few minutes of life. Ya Rab, may Allah pardon all of us. May Allah grant us Muslimin. And so the scholar says it's a necessity on those people. May Allah grant us khair and barakah. They say as much as it's a fart, it's also knowledge that must be seeked. You cannot dream that you you were born and now you're a baby and because you're a babe, you become a man and because you're a man or you're a woman, you automatically know what's the necessity. You will not know unless you go and seek the knowledge of how to make salah, how to give zakah, how to be a Muslim, how to respect your parents, how to, 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 to earn your, your wealth, how to be able to distribute thereof. This is all knowledge. Similarly, the process of having to look after the nurturing of children, nurturing of a society, of the community, nurturing and be the support for one another, it's a knowledge that needs to be seeked. We need to be able to go and seek knowledge. Example, there's one book that says to us, Manhaj Tarbiyatun Nabawiyya Lil Tifal. There's a manhaj, a, a whole curriculum given to us by the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa of tarbiyah, of the subject of tarbiyah, by the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to nurture a child, to nurture a child. Allahu Akbar. The scholars write on this to be able to let us understand by necessity, this is knowledge, which is a necessity we must go and seek the knowledge of. And we don't know many things, many things that we don't know we need to develop as time goes on. May Allah open the path for all of us. And so the scholar says the other, after having un understand that this is a knowledge that needs to be able to go and be seek, they says besides the seeking of that knowledge, the recommendation of seeking that knowledge is not to wait till the moment you become a mom and a dad. Like when you went to get, want to study the, the information about uh, how to be a righteous husband and wife, don't wait until you are married to only then seek it. Because then you are living it already. And you're either living it right or you're living it wrong. And if you're not living it right, then you're definitely living it wrong. And if you're living it wrong, you're going to be punished for having to do things that was indecent, indecent or going to be kept responsible for your indecency. May Allah protect. May Allah grant us to be able to come to our senses. We don't wait for the last minute where that is done. We don't allow our children to get married unless they have gone through the pre-marriage counseling sessions. They've developed, they've responsible, they know, they don't live in a dream, and it's not a maybe, an if, an okay, no. There's a fact, you're going to get married, and marriage is a norm. For years you know your mom and your dad lived in marriage, and marriage is a common thing, but there is an educational process for development within marriage. For you cannot dream in any stage that you want to give a talaq. You can never give a talaq because you don't know, what, don't know what it is. If you think it's something and you're going to do it, you definitely can do the wrong thing. Because you don't know what it is. You didn't learn. So when you learn, you come to know, this is how far I can go. This is what I'm supposed to do. This is what the Sharia allows me to do. 
Islam isn't, I see what I want to and I do it as I like. That is not Islam. That is shaitan. And that is the corruption that he breaks down and using to be able to break this deen down. Offering us all the means of not wanting to live as people with understanding. To be a Muslim, there had to be a Quran. There had to be a Nabi. There had to be research. There had to be study. There had to be understanding. There have to be implementation. May Allah grant us to be Muslim, inshallah. May Allah grant us the understanding of that wish and that want to be a righteous and good Muslim. And so not only is this a subject, but the subject calls for the fact that the people who are the parents, prior to the fact, if you know that you are pregnant, then we start already. You don't wait for the babies to come and the baby's there already. Now we're looking for, uh, the, I want a baby, but I want, I want uh, the, uh, a vest for the baby, or I want um, diapers for the baby. I the baby mustn't first be there, the baby before the coming of the baby. So if part of the baby, or the most important part of that baby, is the fact that we know, need to know how to nurture this baby and prepare this baby for becoming the adult in life, then that is the most important thing and thus the scholar says it's a knowledge that people youngsters must go and seek it so that the time when the baby is there they know how to do it and best i would recommend like we say it must be done prior to the marriage that they go for pre-marriage counseling similarly pre prior to the pregnancy the birth that we're going to pre pregnancy, pre-birth uh, 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 sessions, so that we can know how to prepare ourselves for the tarbiyah of that new child that needs to come. Everything has been given to us by Allah and His Messenger, and it's a whole package. Every need that you will ever need is in this deen, sent by Allah via his beloved prophet muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam to guide you and me what it is it like to be able to be a righteous muslimin and strive to be able to become righteous and good people the next point the scholar says after the point of being fucked and the fact that you need it as a knowledge and seek it they say it is one of the most uncomfortable unbearable realities of life Nurturing a child, rearing a child, is very, 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 very difficult. It's not easy. And so, if you dream that it's just going to imagine how long does it take to be able to take a, 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 a seed and plant it to become a tree? How many years does it take? Sometimes it's like 30, 40, 50 years, and then the tree only becomes a big tree that can benefit others, right? And all of us know that. But for any child to become an adult, the scholar says the least possibility is that the parents must be prepared to recognize it will cost me 20 years minimal. It will cost me 20 years minimal for the least 20 years to nurture this child to become a decent respectable and responsible human being 20 years they say the first 15 years is until the child becomes mukallaf but we when he's mukallaf then we still need to see that we give him all the exposure and all the support to be able to become that decent respectable responsible adult that he needs to be here up so 
It's, it's a process and it's expected that the scholar says you must be able to put in all your commitment, all your dedication as mom and dad. It's not the clothing that you have for the children. It's not how many cupboards that you have for them. It's not the how many types of shoes did you buy for them. It's nothing to do with, with the clothing that you washed for them or the food that you made for them in the pots. That is nothing to do with tarbiyah. Tarbiyah is seeing that you nurture their character. You make them responsible. You make them become decent. Your son becomes men's and your dead daughters becomes ladies of respect, of decency, with no sense of arrogance. Na'udhu Billah. This is what Islam tells us. It's, uh, you must be able to put in all the jud, all the hard work, commitment and dedication. It, and they say it is the most, the most difficult task in this world for any parent. For every parent. The most difficult task is, is to be able to nurture your son and daughter. And when they say most difficult, they mean it's, it's that task that not necessarily difficult in having to see the results, but you cannot stop having to do it and be persistent and work at it and have the necessary perseverance with it. It is a necessity. You need to have the very, the, and you need to be able to believe I need to have sober with what I'm busy with. Thank so much for that. We are in our final part of the program being leadership in Islam and its progression. For now, she is going to be continuing as to where she stopped. Shukran for the present, Yasmina. Just before the break, we, we mentioned that the fact that in having to be able to deal with tarbiyah, the scholar says it, a person, part of tarbiyah is excessive sober. People, now sober is something that is not a norm. If you think sober is something that's a norm, no, sober is something that is an abnorm, an abnormality. It takes you to a, which is you're not in, that you're not enjoying your norm. You have to put in the excess. You're going to go out of your way, and that allows you to be able to get into the process of the 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 the, the sober that they need to be. May Allah grant us to be able to be people of sober that we recognize the processes and not take the responsibility to we. We need to be able to see that we do things the way we want to do. May Allah grant us khair and barakah, inshallah, and grant us to realize that we need to have that sabr, and sabr means that simply we need to depend on Allah Ta'ala, when Allah Ta'ala, to, to depend and rely on Allah. And thus, the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says to us, or Allah says to us in the Holy Quran, إِنَّمَا يُوَفَّ الصَّابِرُونَ أَجْرَهُمْ بِغَيْرِ حِسَابٍ that the person who's going to have the perseverance in nurturing their children and nurturing things. And remember, we're speaking about the subject of nurture. That's why we're bringing sober in here as the scholars are saying. Sober is a fundamental part of developing children. Don't dream that you'll be able to make your children good children, to take them onto the right path without having to persevere. Some of us are going to be tested by a lot in excess. Some of us is going to be very light. But we need to persevere and sober means that we need to howl and scream and cry and call and depend and rely on Allah Ta'ala very very strong right thus the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says to us in a hadith that if Allah Ta'ala has granted a parents the responsibility of becoming parents and giving them this honor and this dignity then Allah also shower them with a gift a great gift simply because this responsibility carries great amount of expectation. Allah expects a lot from us. 
that when we've been given this responsibility. So when we realize that we are parents, Allah grants a great gift Allah grants us that whenever there is a need for calling unto Allah pertaining to the rearing of our children, then Allah Ta'ala would, would not send a malak forward to be able to record your needs and mine when it comes to our children. But Allah Ta'ala himself listens personally to the mom and to the dad. And Allah Ta'ala uh, uh, records the information personally from your pain and your heart and mine. When we call unto Allah Ta'ala about our children, and but we keep the sincerity and the reliance and dependence and we depend fully on Allah and we don't say but and 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 we don't ever say but when. No, we never say when. We say this is the gift of Allah to us and part of the gift is to persevere and part of that perseverance is when it becomes difficult, we knock at Allah's door and we show Allah and Allah says, and I promise you, if you persist and you carry on and you are persistent and you have the trust in me, I will answer your request that you have pertaining your children and the rearing of your children. I will. I promise for sure, 100% I'm going to answer your request. The condition is you must not give up hope and you must not say, but I, I, I expect the answer yesterday. Allah answers when Allah sees best for you and best for me. But Allah is going to answer. Don't stop making the dua. Don't stop calling unto Allah. Don't say, yes, uh, uh, I've asked a thousand times. You've asked nothing yet. You haven't had sabr. You did not persevere. You did not realize that you need to call unto Allah Ta'ala. May Allah grant us khair and barakah and grant us to be people with a lot of sabr when we rear our communities and our youngsters and our people in our life. Time goes very quick and let's make the final dua. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Alhamdulillah. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Wal Asr innal insan lafi husr illa ladina amanu wa amilu salihat wa tawasaw bil haqqi wa tawasaw bil sabr. Wa sallallahu ala sayyidina wa mawlana Muhammadin wa ala ali wa sahabi wa barik wa salim. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Nashadu an la ilaha illa anta. Nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Abadja assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. The Voice of the Cape. 91.3 FM Stereo Madrasa on A